Hello and welcome to Ear Read This, or as it's known today, Ear Don't Read This. Uh, my name's Ash. My name's Adam. And um, yeah, today we're breaking from the format. We're not going to talk about a book um, that we think you should ear read. We're going to make an anti-recommendation. Um, a book you, 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 you ear shouldn't read. Yeah, a book that you have chosen and... Like, first off, right off the bat, congratulations. Thank you very much. Because, my God, have you chosen a good one? <laughs> or the opposite of a good one? It's something. It's something. It's definitely something. So the book we're talking about is called Haunted. I keep forgetting the fucking title. Is it Hunted or Haunted? It's Haunted. Haunted. <laughs> haunted by James Patterson and James O'Born. James of Bourne. Yeah. Now, w- should we do a little bit of chatting about James Patterson James O'Born at the end, maybe? Yeah. Should we just jump right in? Launch right into Let's launch list. right in. Yeah, so... Um, do, do you want to give us a plot summary? I'm just going to read the blurb because I can't fucking remember it. the terrible plot. By the way, I've, I've only recently found out that this is the 10th in a series. <laughs> you didn't you find out in like the last chapter that it was the 10th? Well, no, only when I looked it up because I tried to find <laughs> an interview with James Patterson. James Patterson, who is photographed on the back of my copy, holding his fist to his mouth as if he knows what he's done. <laughs> Um, so here we go like like, like an errant schoolboy like yeah just like oh god I'm so sorry Um, you can take Michael Bennett out of New York City but you can't take the cop out of Michael Bennett (laughs) that's the tagline (laughs) that that sounds like a serious surgical intervention I know yeah Yeah, he was born with a cop inside him Detective Michael Bennett is ready for a vacation after a series of crises push him and his family to the brink Read the books one to nine. <laughs> he settles on an idyllic small town in the beautiful Maine woods. That's capital M, Maine, with an E on the end. Not the not, minor not woods. Just, not just the Maine woods. <laughs> <laughs> not, not the side woods. Um, but just when Bennett thinks he can relax, he gets pulled into a case that has shocked the tight-knit community. Just when he thinks he's gotten uh, out, they pull him back in. That doesn't sound... Familiar? Kids are disappearing with no explanation until several bodies turn up in the woods. The main woods. Kind of, you kind of given it all away, really. That's that's sort of the ending, isn't it? Uh, Far from the city streets he knows so well, Bennett is fighting to protect the town, the law, and the family that he loves above all else. Well, we'll get into how much he loves his fucking family. (laughs) But um, what else do we need to say? Yeah, I mean. Uh, certain queasiness doing an it don't especially this early into our into our series uh-huh. but i do think people are a little bit too frigid about speaking critically in the um negative sense because it's it's seen it's we've seemed to have got to a point where if you uh, criticize something negatively you're just being cruel whereas that is also the, you know part of yeah, and I think there's a difference between doing hatchet jobs because you want to slay everyone and and you oh. know just be uh, the Simon Cowell of a TLS column, <laughs> or and you know saying you know this is this is bad trend. Uh-huh. Well, I think that I think there's an opinion that if a book has been published and a book has made it, then that carries with it a sort of inherent quality. The fact that it is a book and it is a product means that it's not quite immune from criticism, but there's a, there's a low there's a sort of low minimum, there's a minimum level of criticism it can, yeah, a maximum level of criticism it can receive. Yeah. It can only be so bad, you know. Yeah. And now that we've covered our bases, let's slaughter it. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it's very cutely desi- d- divided into um, parts. 
each part being... How many chapters does it have in total? It has about uh, 95 chapters, each about half a page long. How many pages is the book total? Uh, the book is oop, um, about 200 and... About 320 pages. So like pa- paperback length? Yeah. yeah. But I would say if it was printed in a normal <laughs> font, <laughs> um, it would be about 14 and a half pages. <laughs> and if you were to distill all of the, the plot important pages. I really hated reading this. <laughs> yeah, I know. I really, really hated I'm it. I'm really sorry I put you through it. Uh, no, but I mean, you couldn't have chosen better. Like, yeah. I'm going to really enjoy talking about it. Okay, shall we, shall, we, shall we begin at the beginning? So chapter one. So we open in a sort of like vaguely action sequence we 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 hear a bit from michael bennett i'm just going to read out a few sentences and see what you think bounce them off you it's the best i think it's it's honestly the best way to introduce people to this book so chapter one starts with i look down the barrel of my glock 19 service weapon you should never look down the barrel of your own gun (laughs) (laughs) that's that's rule number one of gun safety it was time to end it all (laughs) yeah it would already gone too too long this book (laughs) Laurie Armstrong, the tall detective with long blonde hair from the 43rd precinct, stood across from me. I'm already bored. Um, <laughs> um, uh, so they're, they're doing a raid on some house or some bullshit. Weird, erotic line follows. I could feel the vibration of every semi that rumbled by. What? A semi's a truck. Yeah. Right, yeah. I desperately wanted something to occupy my mind and satisfy my sense of justice. <laughs> Is, is 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 doing a raid not both of those things? Well, yeah. Should yeah. that not satisfy your sense of justice like and be occupying your mind? through a raid going, well, but what about my sense of justice? justice. I'm was, bored. Yeah. Okay, next page. Oh my God, there's a lot of highlighted stuff. A voice from inside shouted back in Spanish, Quion S? And then in italics, who is it? And then he claps himself on the back by saying, like any good NYPD detective, I had a working knowledge of basic Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> like what a weak thing to give yourself a little uh, round of applause. But it's also like there's also there's there's, there's just a touch. There's just a, a a touch of profiling there. Yeah, a t- little bit. That happens a lot. I'm sure there's like um a Spanish character at one point who of course is is described as slick. You <sighs> know, it's just mm-hmm. I I love that though because what uh like any good NYPD detective, he knows what who is it means in Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, the window was open and I muttered shit as I wedged myself onto the fire escape landing. It was a long way down. Cops with a thing about heights shouldn't climb around on fire escapes. Or anyone with a thing about (laughs) heights, you know. Um, a heavy woman wearing some kind of shower cap screamed in Spanish. See there, he only knows that it's Spanish. But like any good NYPD detective... He should have had a working knowledge of Spanish. I should see some italics Ridiculous. I mean, even if he'd italicised... Um, by the front door, Montez stood with a knife to the throat of a teenage girl with long, dark hair. She was, sh- she was shaking like a wet dog in January. Like herself dry. Like- <laughs> Vi- violently yeah. is the... <laughs> okay. So anyway, he confronts this drug dealer and I think knocks the shit out of him or something. Um, oh yeah. Now it was just this asshole and me. I looked to see where the knife had landed and was shocked to see it was still stuck in my hand. Holy shit. Uh, so now we have an exciting bit of action. That was it. I threw a right cross and watched as Montez stumbled back. Then I jerked the four-inch blade from my hand. Before he regained his footing, my right knee connected with Montez's head. 
He was on the floor, and I fell on top of him. A 200-pound sledgehammer. Then I just started to throw elbows and fists in his face. <laughs> Which really just sounds like he's throwing body parts in. Yeah. Like, not his own. Blood splattered everywhere again. Some his, some mine. Some of the people... <laughs> some of, 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 the, the, of, of the woman he was supposed to be saving. Yeah. yeah. I needed this. Therapy. What the hell? I was only human. <laughs> Which is just... I love, I, I, I love it when an author really makes a character sympathetic in the first first chapter because we're only human too and we constantly beat the shit out of people oh i like like i said like like he says god god i need that sometimes yeah it's just a classy way to unwind absolutely so um as you heard from the blurb his son brian did he mention his son brian oh no he mentioned he mentioned he had a family crisis but his son brian is brian's in in jail brian's in jail and this is how um he breaks it to us uh, the Bennett household kitchen wasn't small, but this morning it felt like I was on top of Mary Catherine as we whipped up enough to feed all ten kids. Wait a minute. Nine kids. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, he's in jail again. Yeah, I forgot about that. Mary. So this is his wife, who he's constantly describing as like an Irish firebrand, when actually she just seems incredibly reasonable and pretty dull, like every other character in this book. But and there's all, it's also... I'm so is this, is this book 10? 10 Apparent, books, I think, no, but like 10, 10 books, 10 kids, one new kid a book. <laughs> I don't, maybe that's it. He's he has adopted some, I know that. Oh, uh-huh. um, because he makes he makes a comment about how how um trendy his family is. Well, it's, it's, it, it sounds like very much an old white male author's idea of what an adopted family feels like. Well, it's like, um, if, if he's beating the shit out of everybody he comes across, is the implication that he's adopting the children of the people he's killed? Everyone he orphans, he adopts. <laughs> it's like a double punishment. Lose-lose. <laughs> I killed your father and now you have to live with me. I'm only a human. <laughs> have breakfast. Like any good NYPD detective, I adopt the children I orphan. Mary Catherine laid her head on my shoulder as a show of support, but all it did was remind me of how bad things could get. All it did was remind me that I had shoulders. <laughs> I didn't have shoulders after I threw them all at that drug dealer. <laughs> uh, then Trent and Eddie, which I think are two of his kids, but who cares because you, you don't need to know. Uh, then Trent and Eddie motioned me over like hipsters trying to be cool at a trendy restaurant. <laughs> Is that, I imagine a lot of like finger snapping. Yeah. I mean, that's such a blow your load sort of sentence. Trent and Eddie motioned me over like hipsters trying to be cool in a trendy restaurant. That's laboured. Hipsters don't go to a trendy restaurant and then try to be cool. They think they're, they're cool, cool by being at the trendy restaurant, yeah. yeah. The kids made their usual... By the way, we're in chapter three, and I, I, I promise I, I've skipped about four sentences. <laughs> the kids made their usual assembly line to clean up the breakfast plates with Juliana and Jane, again, don't remember them, you won't, you won't need to, acting as supervisors. Those two had CEO written all over them. <laughs> Literally. As a cry for help. <laughs> Eddie. Okay, so here's where, here's where we really... It gets, it gets quite um, grim with, uh, with Brian. Eddie said, When will Brian come home? Ah, uh, my Einstein always knew which question was most important. I took a moment to form my answer and said, Well, buddy, I just don't know. <laughs> and then he's put in italics, Real helpful, Dad. <laughs> Now, is that Michael Bennett talking to himself? I think that might be James Patterson 
slagging off his main character. Telepathically inserting himself into the head of his main character. James Patterson going, yeah, really helpful, Michael. You, <laughs> you idiot. idiot. <laughs> Bastard. As each kid filed out, giving me a quick hug, I felt Brian's absence like a missing limb. He's thrown them all at the last throw- part, yeah. <laughs> That's the reason he's missing limbs. Um, so he goes to see his son in prison. It's really, really dull. To say it's a scene between a father and a son and the father trying to come to terms with the fact that his son's going away for a long time, it's really dull, boring. No no emotion no. whatsoever. Because he is such a, a, a TV detective. He just wants to punch and every woman he meets is this sort of like a, a threat to his relationship, he assumes, on behalf of his of his fiance or oh no, they're not fiancés yet. Spoiler alert for the ending. <laughs> um, so he turns up to the prison and he, he makes a big point of saying the prison looks miserable. Even the bright sunshine couldn't give the jail any kind of pleasant facade. It's like, that's, well, like any jail yeah. then. Because uh, uh, Michael says, uh, is Brian doing okay? And a guard comes up and goes, I just saw him and he looked fine. You know, this place is no no summer camp. You know you would not you would not be able to go into a prison and say how's Brian how's Brian and then the first guard he meets the response should be who's Brian the first guy (laughs) the first guy who works there goes this place is no summer camp to Um, to the detective who's probably at the prison fairly often yeah this is one of my favourite bits of the whole book so he meets his son he's waiting there in the room Brian comes in (laughs) this is how it's described the door opened and Brian stood there wearing a simple orange jumpsuit and, and black flip-flops. <laughs> He'd just gone for a simple orange number. <laughs> Nothing flash. I like I, 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 I misting of sweat as he comes down from the catwalk. Yeah. And that reminded me how much of a decent, down-to-earth boy Brian had always been. Um, I held my boy, the young man I had raised, nursed through the flu, tutored in math, taught to love sports. <laughs> and kill, kill animals. Yeah, and beat men. And how to slap a bitch. <laughs> uh, finally, we both plopped into two lonely chairs and just stared at each other. Was this our new normal? Which I read as like... Orange is the new normal. Shitting into chairs. <laughs> is that our new normal? We plopped into chairs. He does that a few times. We just plopped Plops. into chairs. It doesn't really work. He, 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 might, he might have a condition that's not really disclosed. It sounds like every time people sit down, it's like... Bloop. <laughs> Um, Brian's eyes were bloodshot, yeah, because he's just shat in his chair. Um, Christ, oh yeah, uh, Brian's eyes were bloodshot and he had a light stubble on his face, like a tiny sparse forest. Christ, he only started shaving a year ago and still hasn't finished. Um, so anyway, this crappy, um, sort of reunion, uh, Brian gives him some information about the fact that there might be something a bit more going on. Mm-hmm. We don't know if Brian's in there and innocent or guilty or whatever. Neither do we care. Um, uh, but he's there related to drugs. Finally, I calmly said, who gave you the drugs? Brian's voice cracked as he said, I'm sorry, Dad, I can't tell you. He was resolute. New paragraph. New paragraph. My world crashed down around me. End of chapter. So there's a, so there's a, there's, there's a one-line stinger at the end of this chapter. Yeah. But at this point in the book, Adam, and you've read it too, what is your what's your takeaway of Michael Bennett? He isn't a character. He's he's sort of a collection of cliches wearing a suit. Mm. Except I'm I'm imagining he's wearing a suit because he's not been described to us. He might be wearing a simple orange jumpsuit. With a, 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 um, <laughs> a peasant flip-flop number. Yeah. But it's um I have a feeling this is 
in the same way that maybe something like the Twilight books explicitly don't describe the main character in too much detail so that you can imagine yourself as the character. I feel like this is a version of that. Yes. This, 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 this is the Mary Sue of New York police detectives. Very much a book that if you're going to enjoy, you'll be doing all the work. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so anyway, he leaves. Brian and I were done for the day. There was nothing left to say. Uh, he wasn't going to tell me what I needed to know. It could have been a stupid, it could have been stupid, stubborn teenage pride. Act, acting like a tough guy, or more likely, fear of what could happen if he talked. That was relatively new in the culture cops operated in. The whole snitches get stitches attitude had only popped up in inner city neighborhoods and spread through music and TV shows. Fucking popular culture. I mean, it just, what that tells you is how and where James Patterson does his research. And, and and when the last time he decided to check in on pop culture was. Yeah, snitches get stitches. Um, now it seemed to be the mantra of anyone under 30. Well, I've, I've, I know I say it every day. Well, yeah, and apparently so did two-year-olds. Yeah. One-year-olds. Stitches get stitches. <laughs> Fuck off, Mum. Yeah. I'm um, not talking. I've skipped through two chapters and he's still leaving the jail. We have, another, we have another occurrence of that. Snitches get stitches is catchier than something like informants get dormant. That's terrible. That's so it bad. It doesn't even make it any sense. It doesn't even work as, as a bad joke. No, it's, um, it thinks it's being a, a great joke. Yeah. It, it thinks it's being ir- irreverent. Yeah, but it, it's like, what do you mean informants get dormant? How, how long do you think he spent on that joke? Do you think he spent ages on it or no time at all? I think that was the most time he spent <laughs> on anything I, in this I think book. That, that was, yeah. If he spent, let's say, a long weekend, and that's generous on this, that was that was Saturday and Sunday. A long, a long weekend in a in a river house in Maine. Yeah. Uh, oh, just another little bit, just another little insight into his um, his research. They also give uh, informants help in that effort. They also give insight into how a criminal thinks. Jodie Foster didn't need Anthony Hopkins' help in The Silence of the Lambs because his character was a Boy Scout. He was a psychopath, and he found the break in the case. Informants are vital and horrible at the same time, and cops need them. Again, a real cop wouldn't be basing his work on... On Silence of the Lambs. Silence of the Lambs. (laughs) I I also like that... At some point during this writing process, James Patterson Wikipedia'd informants. Yeah. You know. And he also put it into rhyme zone. <laughs> and it dormant. Came up, it came dormants. And he went, oh, no, no, that doesn't really work. I'll put dormant. <laughs> um, could you see this as a film? Mm. Much easier than I can see it as a book. But yet, there you are holding the book in front of me. Yeah. But, it, I mean, could you see it being a film you could tolerate? If... If this was a, a film or a, or a TV series, it would be, this would be sort of deep in season eight. You might tune into it by accident. And the first question I would have is, who's still watching this? Why is it still going? Yeah. Why has it made it this far? Why are there 10 kids in it? <laughs> Just a little insight into his really exciting family life, which he often says like, oh, it's constant jokes in the Bennett household. Never a single joke written Never down. Never one. Because he can't fucking think of any. No. Dinner proceeded with the clank of silverware and the occasional comment just to break the silence. Nothing, nothing, <laughs> nothing funnier and wryer than not telling us what the comment was. The occasional comment. I love that. Um, oh, yeah, it gets a bit sexy now. Um, so he goes to um, try and do some, I think, off-duty work for Brian. 
like try and work out what happened train, with the drugs. Try and crack There's his something teeth. mental that's about to happen, but we'll get to that in I a second. I know sec. exactly what's about to happen. Um, uh, he's approached by an assistant principal, an officious assistant principal, in a surprisingly tight dress, and anything but a school mom air appro- approached me. So it's all in, a bit carry on suddenly. In, in in this chapter, we delve deep into the psychological, sexual subconscious of James Patterson. I'm imagining like dodgy beehive, seventies makeup. And I'm imagining porn teacher. Yeah, porn teacher, basically. Um, this, this, this is the mental bit. So he discovers that a student has been lavishly murdered, dismembered and beheaded. Brilliant. And, Great fodder for the book. And this is the conversation he has with the, um, the attractive 40-something woman. <clears throat> His words, not mine. Who's, let's bear in mind, the people of whom has just been murdered. Yeah. Okay, Tony, has any of the faculty uh, expressed any theories about why something like this would happen to a student? Because i got to tell you, I've been doing this a number of years, and this shocks even me. Have that's, I told you I'm a police officer? That ex- that's acceptable, though, like a student yeah. dismembered. What's not acceptable is what follows. Do you work much in the public school system? No, Mom. I think if you did, you might not be shocked by it. Oh, fuck off, James. <laughs> it, th- the school system is not so bad that students are routinely dismembered. Um, I think if you did, you might not be shocked by it. Teachers are expected to do more and more, and much of the parenting authority has been ceded to us by the parents. In the media, they call it teacher accountability, but really it's a lack of parent accountability. Fuck me, it's just... Let me just, let let me just get my jack, wind up these two paragraphs and shove in my fucking opinion in between. It's... Crazy. This this happens quite often in this book where the plot takes a backseat to what is clearly James Patterson or his co-author's opinions about the public school system or prisons or, you know, just a little comment. Just oh. The thing is, he could get away with all the daft, mad stuff if he had a bit more fun with the style, but the style's so committed to being ha- like as real <clears> as real that it's, it's like, you can't, you can't have it both ways. You can't say this is, as, this is realer than Silence of the Lambs. What would you... So let's say something like Raymond Chandler, Dashiell Hammett. That's that's noir, yeah. right? That's noir. Yeah. What's this? What what literary tradition does this fall into? It doesn't have a colour tone distinct enough for it to be noir. It's not even like modern noir. Well, Hard-boiled. I was, was going to say it's not even like off-white. <laughs> it's it. There might as well the, the pages may well be blank. To flavorless. Yeah. That could be a new genre. Flavorless. Yeah. Flavorless crime. <laughs> Oh, just a little bit on the end of the, princi- of the principal. Mm-hmm. She had a cute way of raising her voice at the end of sentences, like she was asking questions rather than making statements. <sighs> so like an Australian accent. It's almost, it's o- o- almost like the woman has opinions and yeah, feelings. I know. Weird, right? Fucking. Oh. So after she said that, he says, I nodded and said, I understand. I see it in police work as well. Murders. Murders. She doesn't. He, Why you, are you saying that she you, has you, more experience? The only job that should be seeing regular murders is police work. Yeah, not an assistant principal. <laughs> oh, beheadings. Yes, I see that a lot. There's a lot of kids beheaded. What day is it? Monday? Oh, God. Normally I've had two by now. Yeah, we're doing pretty well. <laughs> it's Monday afternoon and there's only been one beheading. <laughs> I don't even know why we bothered calling the police. We're normally dealing with it ourselves at this point. I understand. I see it in police work as well. I understand. I'm listening. I'm a listener. Jeez. So um, now he makes a really misjudged attempt to go and get close to the kids. 
Yeah. Get his nose to the ground. Um, you know that picture of Steve Buscemi where he's got like the backwards baseball cap and the skateboard. That's exactly that's the exactly image I've it. got. Yeah. It was hard to shake Tony DiPetro. Like he drops all these weird, quite pervy hints about people throughout and then it's all like in his head. And then, and then you're also expected to believe him as, uh, or buy him as a believable yeah. good husband and father. And yeah, it's just all, it's all kinds of creepy. I finally explained that I couldn't have her present during my interviews with the students. And she pointed me to a couple of areas where I might find kids willing to talk to me. Here we go. It made sense that kids in the library might be more studious and less involved in criminal activity than others. <laughs> Still, I realised, asking questions out of the blue might not be the best approach, especially since I was an adult male dressed in a suit. Oh, I, we now know he's wearing a suit. I we do it. now know he's wearing a suit. Well, so it's, I think I like the, the idea of that is that there's a, there's a radius. Yeah. The closer you are to the library, the less likely you are to be a criminal. Be, yeah. Um, he finishes off that with say, by saying, I could always change it up if it didn't work. <laughs> like the suit like he could backwards he is, baseball he is cap go, skateboard yeah, full Joe sunglasses you said you said a minute ago how out of date are his um, cultural references he had a load of this so he goes and interviews one and it's dull and nothing happens the next student was a lanky senior with long greasy hair and a voice that couldn't decide if it belonged to a kid or an adult which is about as good as his writing gets actually that, that, that wasn't bad to describe somebody's voice breaking don't get used to it <laughs> He wore a loose um, plaid shirt over a Nirvana t-shirt, and I understood exactly the look he was going for. His name was Jimmy Hillcox, and I quickly realised that no one at his house had ever taught him, taught him the meaning of the word respect. <laughs> can, you, can, you, can you do me a quick favour and check when this book was published for me? Yeah. He wore a Nirvana T-shirt, this, and, I, and I understood the look he was going for. This, Nirvana this, fan. This, this, this is written for people who still have... Nirvana in their heads is what the rebel kids are listening to. Just out of interest, give me a guess. 2011. 17. C- fucking what? Yeah, yeah. Last year? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Okay, this is brilliant. Again, uh, they're still talking about the um, the drug kid who got beheaded. Oh, who, by the way, is called Gary Mule. The kid relating to drugs is called Gary Mule. Mr. Mule. It's not even worth commenting on that. No. Um, I mean, why would a kid in today's age be called Gary? <laughs> um, but uh, finally, the dour young man looked at me and said, why do you even care what happened? I care any time someone is murdered in this city, especially a kid. It's my job to care. But probably the biggest reason is that I have kids of my own. No, the biggest reason is you're a cop and someone's had his head cut off. <laughs> and it's your job. Yeah. I like, I, I like to imagine that he's... I, I've, if, I think this book could be spun to be... The, everything he says is from his own... It's in his own head. Yeah. And what he's actually saying is just nonsense. Yeah. He thinks he's sounding like, you know, nose to the grindstone. He comes out with some real last day of requirement, Last day of retirement with... cop, you know. Yeah, yeah. A, he's weary... Do you reckon he's actually, he's got a desk job and this is just his fever dream of, of a, he's, he doesn't have a family. <laughs> he's, he's in charge of ordering the stationery for he the New York He actually can't have kids, he's impotent. But so he's imagined that he has 10. <laughs> oh, he's huh. an overweight pencil pusher. Yeah. Imagining that he's going around saving picking, kids. Picking up, beating up the body parts of drug yeah. kids. Um, 
Another like creepy little quote. The kids and Mr. Petro had me thinking in different directions. I, I should hope so. Yeah. I should hope that anything you're thinking about her, you creepy bastard, because is miles what, away from even saying? About like, I wasn't perving on the kids. Like, we weren't going to suspect you of that until you said that. Oh, and, and for all of his talks about how much he's committed to law and justice, that's literally him admitting to the fact that he was getting distracted by yeah. thinking about having an affair with the teacher he just met. He says, I left my city-issued Impala. And I'm only going to mention this once because all the way through this fucking book, he drives his city-issued Impala. I took my city-issued Impala out of the garage and drove my city-issued Impala down the, free- down the freeway. He's, um, I think, I think he, he might be paid by Chevrolet every time he says the word Impala. Yeah, I, I definitely got At first I thought he's trying to make his character sound nice because he only has a city-issued Impala. Like, I don't even have my own car. And then I thought, no, James Patterson has an Impala deal. Do remember, though, that the American car culture is wildly different to us. If, 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 if a British author just says, I drove my car down the street, don't care what kind of car it is. In America, they really do care about what kind of car that person's driving. That I can accept, but it's... Why would you ever... Th- like, think about it psychologically. You don't get into a car... Or describe your journey here and going, well, I just took my city-issued Impala down uh, Broughton Street. And then I, um, I turned my city-issued Impala left at the, uh, the bend just before your house. Well, do you have a city-issued Impala? Well, no, because I don't drive a city-issued Impala. How would you know how you'd react when you drove a city-issued Impala? Well, I would just keep, I would say my car or my Impala, maybe. <laughs> you, wouldn't, you wouldn't, you know, casually lay your keys out across the table, making sure to upturn the tag that's make sure you know it's city issued yeah yeah i would have my little city issued lights going um so okay he's about to meet a baddie oh he walks into a bar fucking conflict he's coming up to a wrong i can't remember his backstory it was generic obviously Mm -hmm. so adam my challenge to you is you're michael bennett you walk into a bar the person you're here to see this wrong is sitting in the bar, waiting for you. This is a this is a meetup. Yep. But he's reading something. What is he reading? Catcher in the Rye. He was sitting alone at a table in the corner, thumbing through the latest copy of Firearms News. <laughs> <laughs> he's a wrong'un. <laughs> he reads gun magazines. So uh, we haven't mentioned Seamus, his um, grandfather who's always introduced as jokey old mischievous Seamus. Who not, really worth, not really worth mentioning him at this point because he's about to have a heart attack. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's fucking miles away, mate. Um, oh, is that, is that fucking hell? Yeah, yeah. But uh, jokey mischievous Seamus, who always has a twinkle in his eye in Michael's head, is the most dreary and just non-entity throughout the book who says nothing surprising. But no, that's how character development works, Ash. If you... If you say that somebody is something, mm. then they are that, even if you don't have the ability to write them as that. Even if the evidence consistently proves them to be the opposite. And he knows evidence because he's a hard-boiled New York well, detective. Well, like any good NYPD detective who drives a city-issued Impala. Um, so he gets uh, rumbled by two 20-something shitheads. <laughs> Bother me gym rats with thick arms and probably heads to match. I turned back to Walter. James, James Patterson acting like he's the guy who just got sand kicked in his face on the beach. Yeah, bother me, Jim Rats. I turned back to Walter and said, oh, they've already called him, um, this guy bothering you, chill? To Walter. Chill. I turned back to Walter and said, chill? That's your street name? I almost laughed out loud. Walter didn't answer. One of the Jim Rats, dressed in jeans and a Rutgers hoodie, said, 
You need to leave, old man. Old man? Then in his head, Seamus was an old man. <laughs> Great observation. Though. Well, yeah, he's an old man. Um, uh, anyway, they, they, they trade wits. That doesn't take very long, as you'd, as you'd guess. <laughs> Not a lot of merchandise. I don't care what Chill says. I don't want you here. Scoot. Which sounds like it's another street name. But, um, <laughs> at this point in the book, and I'm skipping through several chapters all at once, which is only three pages or so. At this point in the book, Adam, what did you think it was going to be about? Because I, I, I would have assumed it was going to be about him solving this school murder yep. while also getting his son out of jail. I would have assumed that that is enough of a story hook mm. to keep the plot going. Why is my son lying to me about being in jail? There must be something else going on. The plot is what's going on. How wrong you were! Turns out it's it's um it's a road trip. Mm. It's a it's a road trip. It's um it's Marple goes to the country. It's The Shining. Bennett on a shit holiday. Yeah, <laughs> it's been an episode of Benidorm. Yeah. Um, okay, so nothing's really happened. Um, the, but they're at Brian's trial. Yes. Um, contender for the dumbest line in the book. And I've, I think I've got about three of these throughout. Okay. But here's contender number one, and I want your vote at the Lay end. Lay on me. The twelve-member jury looked like the city itself: three African Americans, two Asians, two Hispanics, and five housewives from the Upper West Side. <laughs> James Patterson, known known enemy Has of the melting been, pot. Yeah, he. The last time he went to New York, it had a population of twelve. Good, um, good virtue signaling there, James. Well done. Yeah, very, very, very That's, nice. That does not count as including minorities in your book, though. I'm skipping over more, more references to Seamus's um, mischief and uh, jokes. Which but how does the son's hear. trial go? Uh, oh, I, I say I'm skipping through chapters, Adam. I can't. I'm not sure if you can remember, but the trial itself, even though it takes about twenty minutes, also takes ten chapters. Yep. yep. <laughs> so yeah, it gets called guilty. Um, to go back to body parts new paragraph at the end of this chapter yeah. I left a chunk of my heart in that courtroom <laughs> now here's a curveball new chapter new chapter so Brian's Brian's gone down Brian's for, dead for, Brian's not, going to the chair he's not dead yet if only that, that would have brought <clears throat> some spice actually if he went to the chair um, now on a scale of 1 to 10, how little did you expect this to come from Michael Bennett? My degree in philosophy and my life as a Catholic. <laughs> I'd, I'd completely forgotten that he had a philosophy degree. Yeah. My degree in philosophy and life as a Catholic made it possible to know how I felt, but they didn't do shit to make me feel better. Little known fact, people who have not graduated philosophy or have been raised Catholic are completely incapable of feeling. Yeah, I know. Especially when, you're, when your eldest son has been imprisoned no one else can feel unless you've had that particular background also yeah not all philosophers are blissfully happy all of the time no, in fact i would argue the opposite mm. for the majority of them i don't think many of them would fight that often with the exception of a couple catholics on the other hand often quite chirpy and love a fight so maybe he is a bit up and down uh, so he meets jimmy hillcox again but this time he's not wearing a nirvana t-shirt seeing him reminded me of brian when he would come home from after school sports Everything reminded me of Brian lately. <laughs> Shut up about Brian. <laughs> Brian's gone. Plot. The young man sat, sat down next to me without a word. I had kids. 
I knew how to just sit quietly for a few minutes. <laughs> like any good NYPD detective. I knew how to sit quietly I knew for a how few to minutes. just sit quietly for a few minutes. <laughs> yeah, and then they make a tasteless joke about no one will ever know what we talked about. Yeah, but no one will ever play lacrosse with Gary Mule again. Because <laughs> he's had his head chopped off. Now, I mean, can you... I know we've already said this, but can you ever imagine a, 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 a situation where a beheaded student in a school goes unreported? Like it doesn't <clears throat> meet, reach what mass I think, media. I've, I've, so let's, <clears throat> let's say this happened in the UK. Yeah. A student is beheaded at a school. That is front and page... found, by the way, by the students. Yes, that is front page news for two weeks. Mm. That is an... That, every fucking detective in New York would be on that one. Yeah. Not just him. Not, not, not just the detective who has personal troubles to deal with as well. Yeah. So, um, so he's, getting, he's closing in on his guy, the oh, beheader. Almost, almost got him. So this is the information he gets from It's Jimmy. not even halfway through the book yet. We've already solved the beheading case. We're, we're getting halfway through the book. <clears throat> and by the way, I, I, I stopped highlighting as much when I was about 50% through. So I don't we've, blame got, you. we've got a staggered start. Jimmy nodded. He's a student. He goes to one of those charter schools. It's a school for the medical arts. I think it's called the Roosevelt Medical Institute or some shit like they that. Do it, they, they do an elective in efficient head removal. <laughs> um, well, you say that. Just wait, wait, wait till you hear what he's... What I, know, I know what's coming. Um, he's a sophomore. He goes by DD, uh, but I hear his real name might be Diego. Yeah, really, really cool name, DD. Uh, by the way, that's D-I-D-I. Not even just like... Anyway, I don't know his last name. I know he lives somewhere. Diego, in... Diego, 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 Diego. I know he lives somewhere in Harlem, around around 127th. I heard he's pretty good student and sometimes does his business out of the library at City College or Columbia. So he was wrong. Chops a good head as well. People who behead people, other people, actually do go to the library. <laughs> Um, so he goes around to his house and meets Diego's mother. Sees the head collection. This is brilliant. So literally three pages have passed since what I last said. The woman who'd let me in now turned and said, my son Diego goes to this special school for medicine. Moment for Michael. Bingo. This was adding up quickly. <laughs> oh, brilliant. You've been told the same thing. Like... One and one makes two. <laughs> Excellent work, Michael. You've cracked it this time. And then you, you've already preempted this, but do you know when he'll be back here? Again, she shook her head. He study a lot. Well, a bit, I'm not. Reading, Is he? I'm he, not he reading yeah, that he's, he's 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 writing it like broken English. He, he study a lot. He very smart. Going oh. to college. Diego going to be a doctor. Excuse me, I start job as as maid in ten. Me finish cleaning now. I kept a smile on my face as I thought. Yeah, sure. He's already doing autopsies on live patients. <clears throat> oh, Michael, you tasteless bastard. Banter, 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 banter. Um, Mary Catherine, his boring girlfriend, is also doing some... Uh, I continue to forget, I continue to forget that just his girlfriend. There are so many um, like w- characters that do not need to be in this. Why do they have ten kids? Why, do why, do you, kids? why, why have you adopted ten kids with somebody you've... How long has he known her? I mean, we've not, we don't know anything more about the character. Also, frankly, you're a cop who regularly risks his life and kills people. Don't have ten kids. Don't have ten kids. Depending on you. 
Oh, it's because oh, you've got a highly you know you know why he's got ten kids because he's a bloody Catholic and he needs to hammer in the point that having a big well, family. Well, that's what a... I thought because I thought he'd be um, you know more pious, not than... into sheaths. <clears throat> but um, he's adopted them all. He's also a terrible Catholic. An awful Catholic. He's been he's been beating the shit out of people since the book started. Tell you what, though, he's a great philosopher. <laughs> um, so Mary Catherine prowled the halls of holy name. She was in the newer section of the school. Oh, how's this for just like the dullest information you could possibly... If you were trying to write information as dull as this, I think you'd fall short. She was in the newer section of the school, which housed the high school students. It was in the rear of the building, behind the much larger elementary and middle school buildings. It may have been newer, but it was built in the timeless, dull beige style that hadn't changed in a century and was common in most countries. The only time... The only time information like that would be relevant in a book is if this was the place you were going to spend the rest of the book. We're going to be in this fucking place for a chapter. One chapter, which is half a page. And we're never going to come back to this. Why do we need so much information about this location? I just love that. The the dull beige style hadn't changed in a century and was common in most countries. Um, More of uh, JP giving himself away, I think. Uh, Even now, she watched MTV shows and other pop culture entertainment at home. Although the channel was off-limits for the kids, she'd watch it during the day when the apartment was empty. A, depressing that Mary Catherine watches MTV. Sits at home all day waiting for him to return to her life to give it some colour again. Yeah, yeah, because he's such a bloody character. And also B, it's 2017, why are you watching MTV? Because this is the man who's making Nirvana references. Yeah, exactly. Um... Oh, this is brilliantly stupid. She chatted with a f- with the few students she saw in the hall, and uh, and if they asked about Brian, <clears throat> she used it as an opening to ask the questions she wanted answered. Questions she intended to have answered. So basically, so like questions. So she is an extension of him in the sense that she's just another bit of his information gathering machine. Yeah, it's also weird that chapter and maybe the the five around it because the, it suddenly goes into kind of third person, and it's Mary <clears throat> doing a bit of work that maybe he didn't make Michael do because it was exactly the same as he did because, two be- chapters before. Because James needs to prove that he can write women as well. Yeah, well, he's certainly done that. So she's she's um, sniffing around. Oh, Seamus works at this, this school. Don't know if you need to know that. She recalled Seamus telling her that he was always shooing kids on cell phones, <laughs> cell phones, out of the <laughs> courtyard, <laughs> out of the courtyard at the rear of the school, which connected to the church. It was supposed to be quiet. Uh, supposed to be a quiet, peaceful area where the priests could meditate. Somehow, she had a difficult time imagining Seamus meditating. <laughs> I fucking forgot Seamus was a priest. Crazy old Seamus. Crazy old normal <clears throat> Seamus. Crazy old wacky. I've never normal heard Seamus. I've never heard a. Ca- it's, it's like the entrance of Macbeth. You know, all of that kind of hype about how how much of a you know just this badass I, he is. I think this could be an. An amazing way to introduce a character, though, in any other book, where a character is described as the most hilarious, hilarious. funniest, wackiest, Wacky. life of the party. Yeah. And then he enters and leaves, and none of it's seen. I almost like that as but a But all, all the characters react like, classic <laughs> Seamus. <laughs> Hello. Oh, Seamus, you old dog. I must be off, but thank you for having me. Oh, Seamus. We all shared a smile. <laughs> Um, people who cross him are tortured 
or killed, just like the kid from PS419. We've all heard how his head was cut off, even if it wasn't on the news. We've covered this. Why wasn't wasn't it on the news? news? Yeah. I'm sorry to do it again, but chapter 23. I was trying not to hit the gas too hard in my city-issued Impala. (laughs) I reached across and lifted... So, we've jumped ahead like four pages and suddenly he's done all the plot. Um, He's tracked down Diego to the library. Okay. Something, again, mental is about to happen. (laughs) Um, I reached across and lifted the cover of his book from from the table. Biology of Humans by Judith Goodenough. I smiled and said, tough subject but a great name for an author. Great. Moving on. Uh, just just for, for an example of how JP um, introduced, uh, introduces action. So he's tracked down this kid to the library. He asks him a few questions, drops the name of Gary Mule. Um, the kid caught me by surprise. It was such a casual move. No telegraph, no stress. He just leaned over and reached into his open backpap, backpack. Backpack. New paragraph. That's when I saw the gun. I, I think there's an interesting exercise in this. Going through the entire book and making a poem out of the last word of every single chapter in this book. Oh, nice. Yeah. I think you could get the entire story from it. You could get the entire story by reading this book with your forehead <laughs> and just slapping yourself with it. <laughs> I have never I have never come across bludgeoning as a medium for storytelling until this book. This, you know... It could work. Uh, I'm not going to quote anymore because we're already going to run out of time. Meets this kid in the library, shoots the fucker. Shoots fucking him shoots dead. Him fucking shoots dead. him dead in the library. And he's applauded for it. He shoots a child dead and then goes and tells the mum. And then he has this weird moment where he's like, um, I didn't know why I came here to tell her that I killed her son. Like, yeah, get yeah. someone else to. It's not your job. Yeah, it's mate. not your job. It's time for you to hand the gun in and get some court mandated therapy. You freak. Do you think the holiday that he's about to go on is actually like he was told, get out of town, yeah. never come back? You know how I, I like to imagine that whenever the reference to it not being in the news is made, it's because he doesn't pay attention to the news. Yeah, he's, he's watching like VHSs, <laughs> TV from 1994. That's why all of his references are embedded deeply in the Forced his 90s. whole family to remain in 1994 because his Catholic grandfather has said 1995 is when, when the world <laughs> turned evil. 1995 onwards is evil, kids. You watch your Nirvana tapes. That's as, that's as risque as it gets. Like I, I like how the main conceit of this book is he goes on holiday, right? We are now more than halfway through the book, and he's there's two two dead children, one child in jail, two kids killed awfully, one horrifically, another child in jail, and we're still not on holiday. <laughs> <laughs> Second contender for stupidest bit on the book. <laughs> Trent turned from the report and said, "I'm checking out a b- Trent's one of his stupid oh. kids. <laughs> I'm checking out a book about Jesse Owens tomorrow." Did you know that he was in the Olympics before World War II and forced Adolf Hitler to admit that the Germans weren't the master race? I smiled with pride at my sixth grader. Nice bit of exposition there, just sneaking in. He's 11. Uh, I don't know if Hitler ever said it out loud, but Jesse sure made him look like a doofus. A bigger doofus than he really was. (laughs) Adolf Hitler, doofus. Yeah, that's the worst thing. That's the the most doofusy thing about Adolf Hitler. (laughs) The fact that he um, 
he was actually a really bright guy, apart from the fact that he didn't. Um... Heard he got heard he got um he got really got Germany back on track actually. Yeah, he was a splendid guy, apart from that whole Jesse Owens debacle. What a doofus! I mean, that really is like a, a black stain on his record, isn't it, Adolf Hitler? Yeah. Uh, if it wasn't for the Jesse Owens thing, He'd we'd be few... talking about Adolf Hitler a, a, a lot differently, wouldn't we? <laughs> Um, oh, here's a little bit of uh, sexy banter. Um, oh, we might be in Maine now. I don't care, but we might be. Um, so she's Irish. Sure. You're from Ireland. I thought you were used to a cool breeze. Cool breezes are pleasant. By the way, I'm doing the voice I think James Patterson wants me to do. <laughs> I'm not doing... I'm not doing... That's fantastic. A Monty Python. Monty Python. Monty Python. I'm not doing a Monty Python woman voice because it's a female character. You're from Ireland. I would have thought you were used to a cool breeze. Cool breezes are pleasant. This is a nor'easter. That's what they say in Boston. Here in New York. Oh, they're not on holiday. Fucking hell. Here in New York, (laughs) we don't acknowledge anything those people say. It's just a cold wind from the north. Cold wind from the north. Fuck me. What does that do? Any of that? It makes him sound like a stone-cold badass. She names a wind, and he says, we paid no attention to what you named the winds. Here we just call it a cold wind. <laughs> end Someone of, end wrote of chapter. that, end edited of chapter. that, and published that. I wish it was, but it's not. Um, this is brilliant. This is one of my favourite moments. <laughs> Uh, So he's doing a bit more sniffing around. I can't remember who's talking now. He said that Brian worked for a man called Albert. He's a drug dealer from the Bronx who uses high school students as employees. Does he have a last name? Oh, it's Mary Catherine. No, but he works somewhere near Fordham Heights and he's called Caracotada. Caracotada. What the heck does that mean? I looked it up and I think it means Scarface. That matches up with the description I got. He's got a scar on the left side of his face. <laughs> if it, <laughs> it goes along with every dope dealer I ever met who wanted to emulate Tony Montana from the movie Scarface. Oh, my God. He's emulating the character Scarface from the movie Scarface. So I've heard. Who has a scar on his face. Tony Montana was a character from the movie Scarface. He had a scar on his face and was called Scarface. If you let me get back to my MTV now. Fucking hell. Tim looked serious because Mary Catherine called me and told me to look out for you. I'm more afraid of an angry Irish woman than I am of this asshole. Bear I nodded and said, I know the feeling. Bear in mind, this is a man who not three or four chapters ago shot a child dead. Yeah. Psychologically, fine. And also has an absolute saint of a wife who goes and does his detective work for him, looks after his ten kids. That is... Hers. That oh, is- I... I, I I don't know why I think I should have mentioned this, because of course he has a dead wife. Because of course he does. Of course he does. But right, something else I wanted to say, that is completely illegal, getting your wife to carry out an investigation for you. Mm. There is a chain of evidence that needs to be... Anything your wife turns up and feeds to you is not going to hold up in a court. She's not even his wife, she's his girlfriend. Doesn't even fucking matter at this point. I'm more concerned that his girlfriend is looking after his ten kids while he goes and shoots other kids. (laughs) This, I think, at this point in the book is when it started to go off the rails for me. Mm. I am going to admit that I started to just blur after this point. I did read it all. My eyes crossed every word, but my remembrance of the plot starts to get blurry. i got to say again, Adam, just fucking congratulations. 
Because we talked about doing this and we said, yeah, that sort of crime. Maybe we said James Patterson, actually. I think we did. I think I think I wanted to do James Patterson just because of how ubiquitous he was. But I, my expectations were sky low and this is like something else. Way, way lower. Um, this is what he says when dealing with um, perps. He's chasing one down a sidewalk. I shouted, keep running. It only means you'll be more tired when I arrest you. He said in with perfect clarity Putting as he was running down the street. Um, Seamus has a heart attack. Don't, you know. Yeah. Who cares? I rushed to the spot where Mary Catherine and a couple of the children were crouched around Seamus. He was propped up against a wall and had an odd waxy complexion as he... He has a heart attack in front of his kids. (laughs) Fucking hell. Uh, He had an odd waxy complexion as he gasped for breath. He started to pant like a dog. And melt like a Crazy old Seamus. Skimming through... Still not in Maine. Lots of boring um, hospital visits. Still not in Maine. Seamus's shout from the couch... Oh, Seamus lives, obviously. Seamus's shout from the couch attracted some of the kids the way a dead fish in the water attracts sharks. Tasteful thing to say about your grandfather who just had a heart attack. Also, do you think a shark will get out of bed for a dead fish? <laughs> like... No, I think, I think they're more into live fish. Yeah, like a bleeding seal, maybe, but not... not uh, yeah. Okay, so they're on the road to Maine at last. Fucking hell. A um, bit more um, sexy banter between here, him and Mary Catherine. He's driving, obviously, because he's the man and women can't drive. Clearly. Um, not, not in James Patterson's America. They pull into some um, somewhere for him to grab a coffee. I'm going to call it Chuck's Diner. She, she said, I dozed off for just a moment. I hope you don't mind. I chuckled, thinking about that four-hour nap that had lasted just a moment. <laughs> it's a real passive-aggressive point to score over your saint of a girlfriend. <laughs> um, uh, so they get to the house, but this was not a Manhattan apartment. This was a real live house that had an incredible six bedrooms plus a fold-out couch in the living room. Still not enough for all ten of his kids. No. Also, a real live house. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I like to imagine he's never seen a house before. Yeah. Oh, a real live house. Shoot it, Dad. <laughs> Like you shot that child in cold blood in a library. Yeah. More sexy banter. I might put some sexy music into this. Um, She smiled and said, anything you need. Haven't you noticed? I notice everything. Have you also noticed that we haven't had any alone time for quite a while? She reached up on her tiptoes and kissed me on the lips. I said, I'm sorry. It's been a rough time lately. I'm not complaining, just commenting. I took her in my arms and said, comment on this. I kissed her. I couldn't have loved her any more. I started to speak, but she put a finger to my lips. She smiled and said, I don't need you to talk. I just need you to look pretty. Somehow, I found my second wind and wasn't nearly as exhausted as I thought. Now, am I wrong? Second wind tends to mean... Uh, it tends to be ejaculation-based. I think say, I've come across second wind and plenty of context but they all mean something's happened you're out of puff it's time to start another one you don't get your you're second puff out of spuff <laughs> so his old um his old uh, cop who's obviously an attractive woman uh, cop buddy turns up um she like kisses him on the cheek on the way in and then he has this whole like freak out about whether or not mary catherine saw as if he's a four-year-old um <laughs> as 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 if he's he is the sex icon he's all yeah. rightly believes himself to be oh this is a funny bit he meets the m- locals in maine they had three separate schools an elementary school <clears throat> a middle school and a high school it's another description of a school <laughs> yeah. 
And it didn't take it didn't take long to hear people boast about the high test scores and the number of kids who went to the college. Because that's the first thing locals really brag about, isn't it? It's like, 2,000 kids go to our school. 70% got high A levels. Oh, this is how he tries to cover up that little thing he had with his um, old colleague. I don't know if date is the right word. We had a minor little nothing a thousand years ago. We never took it far and have never talked about it since. <laughs> Again, sounding like so much the adult. A minor little nothing a thousand a years ago. He literally nothing. sounds like he is 12. Um, uh, so he finds some missing kids in this town as well, also related just, to just bangs drugs. out and bangs out another crime solved. We're racing through now. Tick got, in the box. We've got, we've got not much plot left. Um, there wasn't much to start with, to be <laughs> fair. But um, the, a new chapter starts with the more Tom Bacon's spoke, the more I realised he was sort of a dick. Tom Bacon's. Tom Bacon. Oh. Uh, he owned a prosperous construction company and lived with his third wife, not his second. You got one on him there, Michael. Good job. But to be fair, like if you've married three times, it would be weirder to live with your second wife. Weirder to live with your second wife and then weirder if you still had the ten kids. Yeah. Oh, another fucking... His, uh, his colleague thanks him for uh, helping her out, like chasing down these leads and gives him a kiss on the cheek. It was my hope that Mary Catherine hadn't looked out the window oh and my seen God. that kiss. That little nothing. The man... The I think... So I think you, you can have a physical affair and an emotional affair. This man has a fucking emotional affair with every woman he comes into contact exactly, with. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Jesus, this, this, this is not a healthy... He'd feel really guilty if she'd walked in when he was checking out that assistant principal. He would have. Yeah. This man's got a guilt complex. Yeah. Um, how is this? I think this deserves a round of applause. Okay. How is this for attempting to open a chapter with some excitement and pace but also squeezing in as much exposition as you possibly can. Are you can. about to have an in media res? Um, well, no, because we're fucking 173 pages <laughs> in. I tried not to think of the next day as a work day. I was still on vacation after all, but that didn't change the fact that Sandy Coles picked me up in a police car precisely at nine <sighs> so we could be on our way to interview some kind of local heroin dealer. Wow. That's... It starts in one way and then it just cleverly piles in all the fluff. That sentence felt like it was about six months long. Yeah, well, maybe it was. Um, uh, he smacks out a twat, like he he, he is is want to do. He yeah, he meets a guy called Del Streeter. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> he smacks a guy right, and I'm literally looking at the page. I'm looking at chapter fifty five, page one hundred seventy eight. Opposite is page one hundred seventy nine. Smacks the guy. Del Streeter says. Um, I'll give you that one. I didn't expect it, and you've got a pretty good punch. But I've got a good memory, and you're not someone I'm going to forget. I'm looking over to the other page. <laughs> Streeter smiled and said, Told you I don't forget easy. <laughs> Especially when it's only been a couple of minutes. Now it's time for a little payback. <laughs> Literally, like, look, blow your payoff within, like, <laughs> within, two, within paragraphs. two paragraphs. Yeah. Found the kids yet? I can tell I was getting bored at this point because the highlighting is getting much, much I have, less frequent. I finished this book about a week ago. Yeah. I've forgotten all of this. Well, the only reason... That's why I highlighted as much as I did because I thought we'd start going, oh, it's shit, and then wouldn't remember anything about it. Um, uh, the, the, oh, a, 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 a cripple turns up? 
In what capacity to be laughed at? Um, to to help the plot, and she ends up sort of. Um, I don't know. She she has some history with Del Streeter. Del Streeter's outed as the main, as in capital M, uh, bad guy, and also the main bad guy. Um, the only bad guy this book's fucking had. Yeah, we don't get any resolution with Brian. <clears throat> uh, here's a bit of um, another bit of um, cop versus perp banter. Oh. Del Streeter, you're under arrest. Hey, says Del Streeter. Let me put some clothes on before you take me anywhere. I said. Unlike restaurants, we'll still give you service without shirt or shoes. Ho, 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 ho. Zing. Zing. Back of the net. Um, I, I, I just want to make it clear that um, the only other villain this book's had, he shot and killed immediately. <laughs> and that was a child. <laughs> that was a child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Um, okay, an- another two-page um, two-page punch. Yep. Mary Catherine knew her nature pretty well and spotted a blue jay. Then she explained the difference between a blackbird and a crow. When a fish jumped, she was quick to point out that it was a trout. Well Bear done. that in mind. We're going to turn the page. I happily listened as Mary Catherine told me about her camping trips as a child in Ireland. As she witted on about all the bullshit I didn't care about. Yeah, I'm, I'm clear to make, sure that, make it clear that I, 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 I happily listened. Um, I guess, like most Americans, I didn't think about the Irish or any Europeans going on camping trips. For some reason, it felt uniquely American to me. But her stories were similar to all the stories I'd heard about camping. Almost like foreigners are people too. But her stories were similar to all the stories I'd heard about camping. Leaky tents, falling in icy rivers, raccoons stealing your food. I don't think they've got raccoons in Ireland. Thank you. And yet she knows tons about nature. (laughs) She's either a bullshitter or perhaps... Or Michael, M- Michael might not be listening as happily Michael, or carefully Michael as he's Michael might be just going, yeah, I'm just hearing the old camping stories. <laughs> I've just heard the ones I've heard already. Yeah. Oh, and actually, here's a bit of uh, possible oh, yeah. proof to that. Um, I tried not to be distracted and to give my full attention to Mary Catherine and Chrissy, who, uh, who was nestled on the other side of Mary Catherine. We had watched a Disney movie about some princess in a cold, icy land. I really didn't pay that much attention. He's watching Frozen. He's watching Frozen. He's watching Frozen. I think it's another vague. excellent reference there, James. Well done. I think he's that's his one like vaguely modern reference in the whole thing. Because I guarantee you, someone has forced him to watch Patterson, uh, watch Patterson, watch Frozen within a couple of weeks of him writing that. Yeah. Also, I think it might have been a bit over his head, Frozen. <laughs> that night, we were sitting at our extra large dining table. Seamus had just said a moving prayer. The old man never failed to surprise me. Good thing we didn't hear it. Good thing he didn't get any character development whatsoever. Also, he's a priest. Why does that surprise you? Why does him being able to say grace surprise you? Mary Catherine said, I finally got him to pick up a Michael Connolly novel by telling him that Connolly was an Irishman. Once he started reading about Harry Bosch, he he couldn't put the book down. He put a fucking plug in there. He That's put, paid promotion. He put another crime novelist in there. Another crime novelist of, shall we say, a similar repute? Yeah. Of a similar similar oeuvre. Similar level. Uh, this is something else he says to crazy old Seamus. I promise we're getting close to the end. Sometimes I swear you're from the Far East. You're absolutely inscrutable. Those those Asians. Crazy. Completely, yeah. completely unintelligible. Sorry, give them their proper name, which is people from the Far East. Oh, I think sorry. that's what they prefer. Uh, Orientals. Yeah, Orientals. Um, inscrutable Orientals. <laughs> James Patterson will not have you using the wrong... <laughs> Might as fucking well say Don't Orientals. Don't say something do- dodgy like Asians. 
He gave me that charming crooked smile and said, The Irish have always been inscrutable. We just call it mystical. Right, so the two Irish characters in this book, all they fucking talk about is how Irish they are. Yeah. So they end up having to protect Del Streeter because he gets off. So they end up having to connive a way to um, finger him for the crime. I said... This don't, is some... don't, don't, make sure you, you finger Del Streeter so he doesn't get off. Finger Del Streeter so he doesn't get off. Don't let him enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> this is not going to be right up your street, Streeter. <laughs> Um, I said, this is some shitty duty, protecting a dope dealer from irate townspeople. Sounds like the plot of an old horror movie. Is, would it not be the plot of a western? Like which old horror movie? Cracula. Cracula. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, can you remember the um, climax of this? Because I'm flipping through it and I've highlighted oh, nothing. I don't remember there being a climax. I think Del Street is fine. I think he, he gets put away. He gets put away after he gets shot by the cripple yeah. numerous times. But he, um, but he does live. Does he live? Yeah, he lives. He lives, he lives, yeah. He lives yeah. Um, yeah. No, because he's an adult, Michael Bennett will refuse to shoot him. <laughs> he's got, a, he's got a, 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 an only child kill policy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they sort that out in Maine. Nothing gets sorted back in New York. Um, Brian's still in jail. Towards the end, one of these like Maine locals who... Um, who uh, is worried about the kids going missing and wants Del Streeter to suffer, comes up and starts on Michael. Um, and uh, obviously, what does Michael do? Shoots her. Smacks the shit out of him. <laughs> <laughs> if it was a her and a child, obviously, she'd have got shot. Um, he's, so he does some cool punching, which I'm not even going to bother <laughs> he to does describe. A, he does a cool punch. He might as well say, I did some cool punching. <laughs> Uh, he spun, bounced off a wall, then tumbled off the sidewalk into Him. the muddy street. So he he he, he air comboed this this townsperson. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to say this is the weirdest moment of the book. So he punches the guy, bounces off a wall, punches an innocent civilian. Yeah, well, he did start on him. To be fair, to be fair, but it's then, what follows that's weird. I, I I have a feeling that if if a random townsperson attacks a police officer, the police officer is not going to punch the person in the face. I don't think that's how it works. No, coffin coffin yeah put them down you don't don't hit them so hard they bounce off a wall spun bounced off a wall then tumbled off the sidewalk onto the muddy street weirdest moment he landed so perfectly with just the right amount of mud on his face that i took a quick picture with my phone <laughs> better 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 document this assault that i just committed yeah um so he gets engaged to mary catherine who cares um seamus stepped forward are you kidding you were, you were focused, finally. We've been waiting for this for a long time. Seamus. Finally, everyone back home in Ireland can, can breathe easy. I can tell them you're Catholic again. <laughs> Seamus stepped over to Mary Catherine and said, you've, always, you've already been a part of this family. This just makes it legal. Classic Catholics. Loving, and just ties in his whole love of justice. There. All about the legal side. All of about family. the legal system. Yeah. Um, they go to Niagara Falls. They go to Niagara Falls, both sides of it. We stayed in a nice hotel that had a Ripley's Believe It or Not museum just outside the front entrance. We did all the tourist stuff. He hasn't done his research, has he? Yeah. Just said, fuck it, just put, they did all the tourist stuff. <laughs> He's, um, uh, he solved another couple of crimes while he was there. I'm not going to include anything that um, I've ever done in Niagara. Just say, they do all the tourist stuff. <laughs> Uh, and then he gets home and Brian's still in prison. End of book. End of book. I mean, I guess that's book 11's problem. My last bit of highlighting, which I just think is a brilliant like palate cleanser to this oh. to this brilliant book um on the back of this book there's that picture of james patterson i talked about with his fist in his mouth and it says james patterson 
the pages turned themselves. <laughs> now, bear that in mind, because at the end of this book, we have a teaser, a bit like a Marvel after credits thing, yep. of his, I guess, new book. It has the title, it has his name, and at the bottom it says, for an excerpt, turn the page. <laughs> oh, that's... So that's the book. Um, that was the book. Haunted or whatever it's called. I honestly feel like I've just read it all again. Yeah, well, sorry. Maybe I highlighted a bit much. No, there was a lot to highlight. Mm. What, what was it? Who is it for? Why does it exist? Well, here's the thing, right? The reason we're, being, we're, we're okay with being a bit harsh about it mm. is I really think he thinks very little of his readers. Yes. I think anybody who reads that and... I think anyone can pick that up and doesn't feel like the book is talking down to them mm. might be missing just how little he cares yeah. about what he's actually writing down. Obviously, it's a bit of a um, severe thing to say, you know, don't actually read something. And um, this could be perceived as being quite snobbish. But I think, I think it could be perceived as being quite snobbish. We're not, we're not, we don't want to talk down on the book. I think that we've just... You know the talk down on the book a little bit, <laughs> but because not. But not. Um, the book isn't good. The book is terrible, man. In 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 one sentence, the book is not good. If, if this book was a sandwich, it would kill a man. <laughs> <laughs> it would it, it would hospitalise a man at the very least. Yeah, yeah, it's an absolute stinker. I thought because we, we were talking about doing this, and we did take it seriously. We don't want to just do a hatchet job. There's nothing fun, clever or funny about that. We wanted to talk about types of writing that really anyone is better than as a reader. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I wanted, I, I wanted to, as, as, as an exercise, I wanted to do this to talk about... I, I wanted to give a book a chance that I've been, I've been staring at the James Patterson shelves in the bookshops for... We should say Adam, Adam is a bookseller. I am a bookseller. He, he doesn't just go in there and stare at the James Patterson <laughs> Until bookshop. they ask me to leave. But there's just... There is something fascinating to me about seeing three shelves full of James Patterson yeah. books and knowing that that's not even all of them and then going into the kids section and seeing three more shelves of James Patterson books Ooh. and then going into the young adult section and seeing another three shelves of James Patterson books he's 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 branded himself in a way that someone like Tom Clancy has without being dead mm. he thinks you're thick because yeah. if he, he thinks you're the kind of person who wants to maybe read, if, if, you've, if you, you know, the last time you read was in school and you want to get back into reading and you think maybe something like that would be a good way to start, he's writing in order to sort of keep you there. Mm. He wants to keep sh chapters short to make you think that, you know, that's, that's an entertaining thing to do. Which... Yeah, he, like the, the idea that if you... If, you, if you're finishing chapters all the time, it makes you feel like you're making progress. It's the, an illusion of pace. Yeah. And if you're the kind of person who you don't consider reading something that, you know, you need to improve at, and there's no reason for you to, to think that, and um, he still wants to kind of trap you and keep you for his. He is his own sort of... Well, no, I think the, the idea... He's created his own <clears throat> market. The big no, market exactly. called James Patterson. He, I think the idea that there are people out there who buy James Patterson books and just read James Patterson books is entirely feasible. That's probably what it is. Somebody finishes the James Patterson book and they go get their next James Patterson book. Yeah. I So we, have, we haven't read another one, but I would be willing to bet they're all like that. Oh, yeah. I, I'm not going to read another one. I'm going to recycle that 
I'm happy to recycle yours as well, but that's where it's going. I'm just going to give it to a charity shop. Can I make a... Oh, I don't do it to them. No. <laughs> well, I can't do it with mine because I've obviously scrawled abuse in it. All the way to it. <laughs> I think you should keep it. I'm not going to keep it. You should keep it. No. You should put it up on your, on your happy We'll have shop. this episode to commemorate it. Yeah. Can I tell you something really snobby? Yeah, absolutely. And and petty. Yep. And pathetic. Oh, I, I live for it. And I hold my arms up and say, fair cop yep. to any abuse you're about to hurl at me. I'm not counting this on my Goodreads. Oh, you have to. No, I'm not. You've got to rate just, it as well. Just not gonna, I'm just going to pretend this didn't happen. I'm going to pretend we spontaneously recorded this podcast and I never read that book. <laughs> oh, I'm... How much input do you think he himself had on this book? Okay, so this is that. This is the main point, isn't yeah. it? So there is an, another author on the um, on the cover, there James is. O'Born. I haven't looked him up. I would suspect that perhaps that was a pseudonym of some of somebody else, or of James Patterson himself. Wouldn't that be funny if it was just two sides of James Patterson <laughs> fighting? Real sure. helpful dad. That was James O'Born just <laughs> chiming in. Um, so I'm I live. I am looking up James O'Boy. Oh, okay. You're going to say he's an NYPD detective. James, how do you spell James O'Boy? Well, what does it say on the front cover there? James, the yeah. letter O. Yeah. Dot. Yeah, but how do you spell Bourne? B O R N. Oh, that's it. Because I found James Bourne with an E, and he was dead. Oh. James O'Boy. And we, we go. just like slagged off his book that's called Haunted. James O'Born is an American novelist who used a career in law enforcement to add realistic details and dialogue to his crime thrillers. Yeah, I could have guessed. Written by an actual cop. There you go. Well, I'm sorry, but what detail did he get from James O'Born for that book? Um, that... <laughs> that they cover up a lot of beheadings in the public school system? <laughs> they all know Spanish. Yeah, they all know... No. They don't, all know to take don't a say they all know Spanish. <laughs> they take a, a quiet moment to... They all know, like... They can all have to sit and be quiet for a second. Their level of uh, learning languages is, goes as far as... They know what Icarumba means. <laughs> Born wrote several novellas or bookshots. Bookshots. With, <laughs> with Patterson. Isn't bookshot what you... Um, Bookshot is like uh, like <laughs> hunting shot. shotgun. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I prefer bookshot. Bookshot. Which is where you just take a fucking scattergun approach to plotting yeah. and writing your book. Oh, well, he, I think he knows what he's written. He knows what he's written. He, he knows, knows what, what he's done. done. Yeah, yeah. Um, don't don't read Don't read this book. Don't read this book. Honestly, don't. And he's also he's also fencing out good crime that doesn't... That isn't any more... Um, doesn't have a kind of higher, I don't know, literacy level. It shouldn't intimidate anyone who feels like, oh, I haven't re- read anything in a while. No, the, um, People like Raymond Chandler, well, who's he, brilliant. Raymond Chandler is brilliant. And I, I went looking for reviews of this book as part of the research for this. And it's very highly reviewed on Amazon. It's five stars. See, this, this is why it's worthwhile doing something like this. Because he's getting away with it. He, he's edging out people who are better at what he does. And less well known, he's doing it with a co-author. Well, let's let, let's say James O'Born wrote this whole thing. Yeah, and maybe he did. Would this book have made it to our hands if it didn't have the name James Patterson on it? It wouldn't have been published outside no. of America. He is what did you call him the other day? A fiction factory. James Patterson is a James Patterson TM mm. is a fiction factory, and he pumps out what like 
one a month, one every other month. It's not much more than that. I watched an interview with him and he, I've never seen an interview with uh, an author where someone says, oh, I love the new book. When's the next one out? And the person has responded, July. It's always like, oh, I'm not even thinking about my next book yet. Oh, yeah. Or I've, you know, I've, I've got a rough draft. Or... Yeah, I've got a rough draft. Maybe at, at the earliest next year, you know. Just the something... Not like, oh, it's coming out this afternoon, man. No, Fiction Factory is, I think, the perfect way to describe him because he has found a way to mass produce fiction. Yeah. I don't want to quite say flood the market, but it's getting there. Where, even if you never read one, we both knew who James Patterson was mm. when I suggested doing this book. And we both know his reputation yeah. for being prolific. Yeah. But then when you start to keep... Like, I, I went and looked for the first, the last book that he wrote seriously before he made himself into a company before he was a co-author and it was like 20 years ago Mm. so he's uplifting these authors who've enjoyed a minimal amount of success on their own and presenting them to an international audience yeah that's one thing but the other thing is did these authors none of these authors work to get to that level they rode on his Mm. coattails yeah and it's an interesting idea because i do kind of want to read another one with a different co-author to see if there's any shared style whatsoever if it really is just a co-author's book with the james patterson name on the front i don't no (laughs) no No, i'm I'm not i I, i'm not going to do it anytime soon i need a break but it is something i want to explore and i think we do this is offense directed entirely at james patterson Mm. and his kind of it is a very disrespectful way of writing i feel yeah, disrespectful to writing and disrespectful to his readers, I think. Disrespectful to writing, other writers. Also, if you're still readers. not convinced, this guy is selling a writing masterclass at the moment. Yes. I mean, if anything that I've just read out makes you think, like, this guy could teach a writing masterclass. There's a... The problem's with you, frankly. There's an $80 option yeah. out there just waiting for you. Yeah. So I think in... I think to conclude it, when I say, let's, let, yeah, let's do a wrap up. Cause let's, we, let's do a cause, wrap up because we uh, we did kind of like a cold finish with Muriel Spark, and maybe we should do this on both our positive and negative ones. And we're yeah. going to do more positive than negative, obviously. But let's do a, a wrap up. Give a reasons to read or reasons not yeah. to read. I think we've really, established the reasons. The you reason, take it away. I think the reasons, the reasons not to read, are that it is nothing special. There is nothing in this book that. You're going to come away from this book no better or no worse than you were going into it. You're not going to have any takeaway. And a week after I finished reading it, I'm already forgetting significant plot details. It was it was it was filler. It was a filler book. Yeah, you know? I would still go for a ranking over this. Oh no, abso- absolutely. If you're looking for your reintroduction back into reading and you want something like this, don't be misled by his name. Go for something a bit further on either exactly. side of the shelf, because obviously. You know, he's 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 basically trying to wrangle you in. He's trying to wrangle you, trying to keep you. That's the yeah. point I was going to make. Yeah. Where people who aren't reading anything but Patterson, he's got them in his little Patterson ranch, where he has a built-in pre-baked audience of people who always buy his books because all they read is James Patterson. Mm. And I think that's a shame because even in this same relatively small genre or sphere, there's so much more and there's so much better. So I don't. I would say don't let piss on the Patterson patch and. Piss on, the, piss on the Patterson patch. Pop and, um, over to the Rankin Ranch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I think that's a good place to leave it. It's This Patterson book is not worth your time, and I cannot imagine any of the others are either. No. Uh, and it's telly as well, to come back to the screen thing. Yeah, it it's telly. It doesn't make 
any demand on you more than telly does and literature should at least do that whatever it whatever it is it should it should engage your brain in ways that watching something doesn't that's and not sh- to put any that's not to put it on a higher level they do different things well no the most the, the, the most engaged this book gets you is making you have to think about the references he makes yeah or just the mistakes oh, no, but that's like that's the but that's i think that, that, that's the trick of those references you know referencing nirvana or jaws or mtv yeah now. that's something i know yeah. this is a real character in the real world yeah that's very lazy character and world building cool so we both feel good about saying don't bother don't bother we we, we will be back with we, more positive yeah. we read it for you so you don't have to <laughs> yeah yeah exactly uh, we will be back with more positive um stuff soon we're going to do something a bit different next time we're both together. Yep. Uh, I'm going to say definitely do read Midsummer Night's Dream. That's coming out next. And then right at the end of the year, we'll be back to do a um, a uh, a book you should read um, for our Christmas, actually just after Christmas, yeah. end of year special. Which I'm um, looking forward to greatly. Me too. I uh, hated reading this book, Adam. So well done. I've loved talking about it though. Well then uh, it's... Um, it's- it's had the the planned effect. Yeah, exactly. Um, so if you've liked this or you liked uh, the ep- other episodes we do, please um, you know find us on iTunes. Give us a give us a rating if you can be um, bothered. Uh, you can find us on social media, Facebook, if, Twitter. If, if James Patterson can get five stars on Amazon, <laughs> yeah, uh, we I think we've got five stars on uh, iTunes based on an um, aggregate of I think two, two, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, you find us on social media or you can email us any questions or suggestions or defences of James Patterson at earreadthis at gmail.com. I am, I am in the market for long form essays defending the work of James Patterson. I am not, but Adam <laughs> will read them. <laughs> That's all from us. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye.